0: Welcome to the McGuire Iron Podcast. My name is Brian Cooper. I am the Director of Marketing at McGuire Iron and your host for this podcast. At McGuire Iron, we've been helping to store and protect quality water for over 100 years. On this episode, our guest is Pat Creeter, the Executive Director of the Louisiana Rural Water Association. We will discuss COVID-19, hurricane season, and how his team reacts and handles emergencies. Pat started with the Louisiana Rural Water Association in 1981 as an energy conservation specialist. In that position, he did leak detections, infiltration surveys, and meter testing. He was promoted to the Loan Asset Program, and then in 1996 became the executive director. Through hard work and public relations, the Louisiana Rural Water Association currently has over 1,000 utility and associate members. Pat also sits on the Governor's Floridation Advisory Board, the Governor's Groundwater Advisory Task Force, the Governor's Rural Water Infrastructure Committee, and the Governor's Rural Revitalization Committee. Pat, thank you for joining me on the McGuire Iron Podcast.
1: It's my pleasure. Um, I'm I'm, um, really uh, proud to be on this uh, podcast and um, uh, look forward to uh, many more with uh, McGuire Iron
0: Give us an idea who the Louisiana Rural Water Association is, when you were founded, and what you guys are all about.
1: Well, uh, back in uh, 1977, a group of uh, men from Louisiana uh, got together trying to um, find uh, help amongst all the utilities. And uh, while doing that, Uh, they noticed that the National Rural Water Association had already started an association to get assistance from um, um, our congressional people in Washington, D.C. and with the United States Department of Agriculture. So um, LRWA was established in 1978 to assist the small water and wastewater systems uh, through uh, on-site training, uh, technical assistance. uh, And um, Help uh, these uh, uh, licensed operators with certification. Um, we provide the on site technical assistance and classroom training to the water and wastewater personnel across the state. Of course, in uh, accordance with the Safe Drinking Water and the Clean Water Act, uh, LRWA is an affiliate of the National Rural Water Association. Uh, the uh, LRWA staff uh, here in Louisiana. We provide over 6,000 on-site um, t- technical assistance visits and on-site training uh, per year. In addition to that, um, and we do the uh, classroom training, um, anywhere from uh, eight-hour one-day sessions to 32-hour courses, and uh, we train over 5,500 uh, water and wastewater. Uh, Operators and specialists um, a year.
0: Your mission talks about leadership, representation, and support services, which you touched on. All of them. How have you guys stayed true to your mission during this COVID nineteen pandemic that we're all dealing with?
1: Well, you know, our our mission is to um, um, continuously assist the smaller utilities, uh, especially the ones that have only one or two. uh, Uh, people working with the uh, utilities, they need somebody to support them, and um, um, with with, with our uh, mission to uh, provide water and wastewater utility members with the highest quality of leadership representation and support services, it goes into uh, what we do. My staff is out on the road constantly um, uh, visiting these utilities, and um, with some type of help, there's always a problem there's a pump problem or a treatment problem, or a water leak problem. And um, uh, my uh, 18 or so field staff are constantly out there in the field. We've been doing this Brian for 42 years, um, And uh, we've been continuously able to assist the smaller utilities. Uh, Uh, with this type of assistance and hopefully we'll continue to do that for a long time after i'm gone.
0: how important is that for these smaller utilities you know you touched on your staff that are out there seven days a week helping these utilities how important is it that you provide this type of assistance to them
1: when you have uh, utilities that are uh, having to follow uh, state and federal regulations uh, especially uh EPA regulations uh, these utilities these operators are constantly looking for someone to um, um, help them out and because of the uh the COVID situations that we've uh, uh, we've been going through the uh last what eight months now uh it's even been uh, been a lot horrible the challenges from uh, COVID 19 uh, presented to these organizations were uh, tremendous to, to them. So, having my staff with the expertise, with the training that we get from um, within the state, uh, all my staff at one time or another has uh, operated or managed a water or wastewater utility with the training that we get from the National Rural Water Association through our um, uh, in service training. They take this expertise to the utilities, to the operators and the specialists, and uh, educate them to hopefully manage and take care of their own problems eventually.
0: What have been some of those challenges that COVID-19 has presented to those systems and to your organization? Because it's it's changed the, the way a lot of us do business.
1: Well, that that's has been a, a great problem when this first came up. Um, Workforce, uh, we've been fortunate in that we've uh, had not to let anyone go. uh, With our programs that are uh, funded from the federal side and through National Rural Water and our state contracts that we have here with the uh, Department of Health and uh, Department of Environmental Quality and Governor's Office, we've been able to keep our staff out. uh, Working uh, financially, our um, state and federal grants and contracts, I stayed intact and uh, nothing has been cut yet. And I think that will be OK. Um, with the um, problems that that came into uh, effect with the utilities were when some of the operators were got COVID or tested positive. They had to stay away from their utilities for a couple of weeks, which um, left them, especially the utilities that had only one employee, one licensed employee. So we we stepped up and helped out these utilities to make sure that they they made their, uh, that they were able to make safe drinking water. And uh, we assisted them uh, throughout uh, several months. Thank God that not many operators, um, We're out of work because of COVID. As of now, I know of no licensed or certified operator that we worked with during this pandemic has has passed on. So um, we continue to um, help them out and uh, they know, they have our numbers, they know where we are. Uh, I probably have, but all the staff that I have out in the field every one of them has appointments. They don't have to leave their house in the morning not knowing where they're going They have appointments and because uh, we've been called daily. And uh, you know that uh, we had to cancel our conference um, this last year and canceling the uh, annual conference uh, really hurt us. Uh, not to mention the 1,200 or 1,400 uh, attendees who were uh, expecting to receive the certification hours to maintain their licenses. And, of course, the monies that we make from, the, from our conference and, and uh, some of the uh, other smaller meetings that we have uh, assist us in, um, uh, with training programs and other management training uh, services as well. Uh, the training programs uh, took a small hit, but we were able to play catch up by adding an additional uh, 10 uh, one-day training classes to assist these operators with making sure that they were going to have all the hours they needed before the end of the year.
0: And I think that's one thing that's important for people listening to the podcast to understand is, you know, you guys have certain regulations as, you know, a state that these operators have to meet. And just because of COVID-19, that didn't change the hours that, that they had to, to get to stay certified, correct?
1: That's exactly right. Um, Although the uh, our state primacy, the, the Louisiana Department of Health's uh, certification department worked with uh, the uh, utilities and the operators. The uh, it was up to the operators to make sure they got they they got their uh, training hours when they were supposed to, and uh, all of them have at least two hours to maintain those uh, to get these hours. So um, the uh, health department went ahead and helped them out. Uh, to make sure that they got them, and and with us adding these extra ten days, and we add also act, um, excuse me, we also added a mini conference in um, October, which brought in uh, a few uh, few hundred people. So uh, um, we we overcame the challenges, and um, you know, at, at first having to take our staff off the the road because of COVID, we didn't know exactly how to handle. Uh, all of our, our members needs uh, by phone, but um, National Rural Water and uh, USDA worked along with us and uh, allowed us to work from my homes. And for several weeks, I had my staff calling every utility in their districts to make sure there was not a need. And uh, we did this every day for weeks. And the utility operators were very appreciative to have our circuit riders call them to assist by phone. And uh, it worked. You know, uh, it really didn't become a problem until some of the utilities, uh, as I said earlier, uh, lost uh, a certified operator uh, uh, to uh, testing positive, but we took care of that as well.
0: You know, you talk about challenges of COVID-19 and, you know, hurricanes are nothing new to Louisiana. You guys go through this every year and you just you hope that, you know, you don't, you don't get any severe storms, but this year, I mean, you guys in the middle of COVID-19, we're also dealing with a couple of significant hurricanes that, that really impacted services as well. So how, how did you overcome some of those obstacles as well? <laughs>
1: well, I tell you, it's, um, yes, we, we deal with hurricanes, uh, almost every year. Sometimes we get two, three year, uh, years of uh, rest without getting uh, any but uh, this year we had six uh five or six that hit the uh Louisiana cold coast or uh, came close to it but Laura Hurricane Laura was the um uh, the big one and then um uh, uh, Hurricane Delta came in um uh, several weeks after that um it was almost deja vu like um, Katrina and Hurricane Rita back in um in uh, 2005, um, Hurricane Laura was a mess. It uh, devastated the Gulf Coast uh, all the way up to North Louisiana. Uh, the resilience of my staff was awesome. And after Laura came ashore at 150 mile park per hour uh, winds, it was total devastation. And, uh, but we got the help from uh, rural water associations um, with personnel generators equipment and they came in from uh, florida rural water georgia rural water alabama rural water mississippi rural water and texas rural water and uh, we had arkansas and oklahoma waiting to uh, come in with equipment as well uh, with the extra help uh, which gave us a a total of um, 35 personnel and we had um, a couple of uh, Utilities uh, came in from Alabama. Uh, Fort Payne was uh, one of them, and um, another another utility brought in personnel and equipment. So we had all this. We had all these people. We had all these generators. We had all the equipment and tools to help utilities out, uh, not just on the Gulf Coast, but as far as um, Monroe, Louisiana, which is uh, approximately four hours north of. Uh, the Gulf Coast so um, we had we had some challenges um, but these guys coming in never thought about going home. Uh, we worked from daylight till dark. We had to get out some areas especially on the Gulf Coast before um, uh, before it got dark so you know putting in 10, 12, 14 hour days working with utilities that had nothing left. Brian, homes, businesses were washed away. Uh, so, you know, someone may ask, well, what were you doing? We're helping them out. Well, we we're helping locate uh, uh, services, um, valves, meters, um, help them repair uh, water lines, uh, uh, replace water uh, pumps, uh, motors, um, help flush out the uh, water lines. Whatever it took us to do, we helped out that, that, that operator. You can't imagine having having a uh, utility that had, um, let's say, eighteen or 1,900 services, and you came back the next morning after the storm came through, and there's nothing there. Um, but as the old saying is, you know, uh, um, if, you, uh, if you get water, they'll come. And that's what we did. We helped these utilities out to get water back and running. Um, and some of the uh, people are starting to move back in, and believe it or not, are even starting to rebuild. So um, it was a challenge, but we stuck uh, We stuck in there, uh, and thank God for all the extra help that we had from uh, across the uh, Gulf Coast states.
0: What does that say to you about the National Rural Water Association, its state associations, and its members that – when somebody like yourself or your members need help, that you get that kind of response to, to your request?
1: Well, it means, uh, it means a lot to, um, to a state that's been hit, not once, not twice, but several times. And although some of the hurricanes that hit us this year, we didn't have to do very much because, believe it or not, after Laura hit, even with Hurricane Delta, uh, I think these people had had gotten themselves prepared for it, and we really didn't have to do very much other than haul in generators. But when when you get several states that you know that's got your back, when they can come in here with with uh, with the equipment that we need, um, the state's got its own problems. The state's got thirteen or fourteen hundred water systems in this state they got to take care of. We took care of about a hundred of them. Uh, but when you have people like the National Rural Water Associations and the states that I've just called out that come see your help and they're, they're actually there. When I drove up the next morning and we hours in the morning after Hurricane Laura hit and when I drove up there and I see Florida Rural Waters got two semis loaded there with generators and equipment and personnel waiting to see what I wanted them to do. You know, it gets you and um, helps out a lot. You know, we've we've gotten this since Katrina and Rita. Um, we've had we had states after Katrina and Rita come in as far from as far away as uh, New York. And uh, since then, the National Rural Water Association put together an emergency response t- um, committee and a committee of which I've been on since. Um, 2005, or 2006, um, uh, we've gotten all the state associations to have some type of emergency response. And um, they've all, they're all working committees. Uh, NRWA uh, still has a working uh, emergency response committee. And uh, it means a lot when you have people there to help you. And I tell you, there's not, there was not one time Every morning we had a meeting and we gave out uh, duties. They grabbed the, they grabbed the keys to their vehicles and they headed up and we went out. And um, so that means a lot to us and I'm sure it meant a lot to the utilities that we helped out when we were able to drive up there with a pulling a generator with someone that had not had water for three, four days. Uh, you can imagine what it would did, what it would do for you. If you open up your tap and you finally had water, so
0: well, and I think the the thing for people to realize too is is when you guys are restoring water and wastewater services in areas like this, you can't just turn on the water and you know use any water. It still has to meet the same standards that it would have to meet on a normal day.
1: Exactly, and uh, a lot of people think, uh, well, you know, if uh, we get some water coming through here, we can use them. But you got to remember, every time that you uh, use that faucet even though it's not drinkable if you're only going to use it use it to wash around or flush the toilet you got to remember that wastewater system's got to be working too because if the water system the wastewater system is that out out of power just like the utility is and you start flushing things but something's going to start getting backed up so um you know what comes around goes around and so when you get one work you got to make sure that the complete utility is working, and that's water and wastewater. Um, it's, it means a lot to the utilities. I, I know it meant a lot to me. Thank God I had a small generator at my home. I stayed without water for um, a week. and um, But with that said, we were still out in the field working with utilities to make sure that the uh, utilities customers were getting assistance. And... Uh, We've gotten uh, good accolades from the governor's office, from the governor himself, and many, many legislators uh, have uh, called me and thanked us for what we've done, and of course, all the other state associations that came in.
0: Yeah, that's uh, you. You guys are a great example of resiliency and and doing what it takes to make sure that your members and you know the people that they serve you know have have the basic needs that that people need every day well we are and
1: you know um you know working with the uh department of health and the uh, D, uh department of environmental quality and the governor's office uh natural resources um and the governor's office of homeland security and emergency preparedness a lot of them get frustrated because these utilities um call us first instead of calling um their parish uh, emergency operation centers. Well, they see us on a daily basis and when it comes to water or wastewater, they're gonna call um, uh, what they think are the experts and I uh, think we are to find out what to do next. And of course you can preach to them day in and day out, but when, you get, when something happens, you're gonna call, to, call the people that's been helping you on a daily basis with the water and wastewater uh, systems and of course we get them lined up we take the information we tell them to call the emergency operations center so it can be documented and then we get the ball rolling along with the uh, health department uh this year just so happened where the uh, storm came in i was able to use our office in allen parish which is uh, about 50 miles uh, give or take as a flies from the uh, gulf and um Uh, and we were able to use our office as an emergency operations center. We had to run, we had to use the generator to run our office, but we had the Department of Health there. We had EPA there. Uh, We had um, natural resources staff there, and we just kind of got our business taken care of from that office, from that corner of the estate, and we just spread out every morning and we're back every night. And I have to tell you, uh, you know, in the evening, uh, Brian, you know, you have to have a little camar- camaraderie in the evening. And when all people came back in the evenings, I always made sure that we had some type of meal cooked. And I I learned this from Katrina and Rita. It helped so much when you get back in the afternoon after seeing all this devastation. And you were able to sit down in a circle and talk about what you've seen all day, who you talk to. And all these uh, um, my staff from my staff from Florida, uh, Georgia, whomever, able to get it off their chest and um, talk about what they did that day, how they helped so and so. Some shed tears, which is um, sometimes it would, which is a good thing because of what you saw. It's it's a pitiful thing when you see when you see a family standing on a piece of property where a home used to be, and you got kids standing alongside of them, and they don't have a home. So, kind of chokes you up, and and that's why I did what I did every day. Um, Rusty Reeves and I, my deputy director, we made sure there was a meal cooked. We made sure we sat down and talked about what we saw, and uh, made people feel better, and Definitely made them get up early in the morning, get the road hit the road again that the next day.
0: My next question was going to be, what did you learn from this scenario? But I think from what you just explained there, from what you went through with Katrina and Rita, you guys have now got some some really good best practices in place to to take care of people at the end of the day.
1: That that's that's a good point. And uh taking care of people every day is what we do. Uh, but we can't forget about the people that work for us um we're human beings also we're not superman we're not super women uh, we have hearts we have families and um it uh, it takes a toll on it takes a toll on staff and um me when i stayed at the office all day long answering phones calling people we need this we need that man tell you for the first week not having phone service um, the proper phone service it was a mess but we we got it uh done and that's why you you can help out your neighbors all you want you can help out the neighbors neighbors but it gets to the point where you got to look at yourself and look at your staff staff and you got to help out yourselves as well so when we've done that uh national rural waters got a a good uh emergency response committee um We've um, been able to uh, buy us a a one ton unit. We've got a uh, a 40 foot trailer. That's a first responder trailer, emergency response trailer. That's got equipment in it. It's got uh, beds in it that we haul from one disaster to another. And um, so people might see us coming across uh, the United States one of these days, because as you know, 2020 uh, brought fires, brought floods, brought hurricanes. Now we're probably going to get snowstorms, ice storms. God knows what's going to happen before December 31st. So uh, um, we're around to help. And I say when I say we, um, that's every state association and every person that works for that association, the National Rural Water Association. staff from the CEO on down to um, uh, the last person that works for them. We're fortunate with who we are. It's the best job I've ever had in my life. When you can help out somebody and um, get thanked for it at the end of the day, it's a good feeling.
0: So now that we've talked about COVID-19, the hurricanes, you know, all the bad stuff, What's, what's the future look like for Louisiana Rural Water Association? What are the good things that are going on?
1: Well, um, um, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that um, our state and federal programs continue to get funded. Um, uh, NRWA uh, uh, had a conference call yesterday with all the executive directors, and uh, we continue to get funded from the United States Department of Agriculture. So that's a good thing, Um, and uh, EPA continues to fund us on our wastewater and training programs as well. Here in the state of Louisiana, uh, our energy conservation program um, is uh, funded through um, uh, a bill that's uh, been funded um, for the last, well, actually for the last 30 years. But we finally got full funding. Now I don't have to uh, beg for money anymore. Um, that we'll continue to get funding for doing leak detection, inf- infiltration surveys, camera work, meter testing. And uh, we also do a capacity development uh, training and management training with contracts from um, uh, our state uh, promises, the Department of Health. And DEQ's got us... Uh, homeowners, uh, wastewater, um, plant, uh, program that we're doing. So these programs are uh, continue to get funding funded and, uh, we continue to, uh, keep our staff working and, um, so it's a good thing.
0: All right, Pat. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and sharing with us and our listeners, you know about the things that Louisiana Rural Water has done to help people through COVID nineteen, through the hurricanes, and what some of the great things you're doing to, like we talked about earlier, to just help people.
1: Yes, sir. That's um, that's what wakes us up every day and puts us to bed every night. And uh, Louisiana Rural Water has been uh, has been a good friend with the thirteen hundred plus um, utilities in the state and the. 6,000 or so registered operators, licensed operators in this state. We have a good rapport with our state and federal agencies. And as we, um, as we say to everyone and even in our magazine, that um, we provide our water and wastewater utilities members with the highest quality of leadership, representation, and support services. So we're here to help you out. And remember, if you listen to this from across the country, there's a state association in your state, so utilize them.
0: Remember, you can always connect with us by going to our website, mcguireiron.com. You can ask questions by sending us an email at info at or you can follow or reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us on the McGuire Iron Podcast.